Welcome back to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Brought to you by our sponsor, Vanilla Soft, with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us as we interview industry experts in the dramatically growing field of inside sales and sales development. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Hey, Daryl. How you doing, folks? Guess what? I'm really excited. I almost need some music, right? This is episode number 50. Five zero, folks. We made it 50 episodes. They said it wouldn't happen. And yet, it is happening. It's growing. The audience is getting huge. I love your feedback. I'm going to do a shout out right now on the anniversary of our 50th episode. I rarely do this. But, I, I, but to all those who are, are following me are trying to make sure that we all grow this show together. So if you could, please go to your favorite podcast directory, you know, iTunes, Spotify, Google, what have you. Please go there and actually rate the Inside Inside Sales Show. If you can give me a review, I would be most grateful. If you're going to rate it at one star or two stars or three stars, I would humbly request that instead of doing that, you just contact me directly and tell me why I suck so much. But if you are getting value out of this, and I think you are because I get amazing feedback every single day almost from you, then please do me that courtesy, that small little favor and go out and do that. So that is my one and only plug for today. In the anniversary of our 50th episode, I thought it'd be kind of fun to share a little story. Because earlier this year, I think I, I shared in one of the earlier podcasts that my wife and I just celebrated 30 years of marriage. So we've kind of got this 30 years of marriage. We've got this 50 episodes. We've got all these milestones happening. And after all, that's what life is really all about, right? It's a series of milestones up and down. People have asked us, how did you hit 30? And I was talking to her about this literally the other day. And I, and, and I was sharing this. And I was saying to her how you know, I want to get you on an episode, honey. I want to get you on a video or an episode because we started talking about the magic of 30 and how the relationship that she and I have is really based on a series of sales skills. Sometimes I want something out of the relationship, sometimes she wants something out of the relationship, and we have to, we have to influence one another. We have to make that initial inquiry, then we have to qualify the inquiry, then we have to determine is this something that I need to pursue or I can pursue later, or I need to address right now. In other words, how important is it if I were to forecast this on my scale, my funnel of opportunities in relationship to continue to grow it? Is this a big one or a little one? And then based on that, I need to better understand, and then I need to ask some questions to qualify. Then I make a proposal, so if I did this and you got that, you know, life would be great. And then afterwards, whatever it is we are negotiating occurs, I make sure I come back and say, are you happy? Did that work for you? You know, I'm sorry if that didn't go the way you planned. <sighs> 30 years of marriage, folks, like any relationship, whether it's a sales relationship or a personal relationship, is all about negotiation. And it was interesting because in the early days, we struggled with our negotiation. Let me share if this at all sounds familiar to you. I would do this thing I do a lot of favors for her, right? So she'd go out with some friends, who knows? And uh, when she'd come home, I had, you know, maybe spent four hours washing her car. You know, she's not the most tidiest person in the world when it comes to her car. She's, her house is spotless, car not so much. And it would be clean in the inside and the outside and be vacuumed and polished and everything else, waxed, buffed, incredible. And she'd come home and she'd go to that silence. That's what she would do. She would go, 
Nothing. In other words, I'm waiting for her to say something and nothing would happen. Honey, I'd say to her, hey, did you see I washed your car? And she'd say, oh, yeah, I did. I noticed that. Thank you, honey. And carry on. And I would be, let's just say, frustrated. And then she would, later on, she would say, um, she'd be upset. And I'm like, well, why are you upset? And she goes, well, we haven't spent any time together. I'm like, you haven't spent any time together. We've been together the, the, the whole day. We went and got groceries. We went and did this with the kids. We sat side by side. We had meals together. How can you say we've done not spent time together? I'm confused. And she would say, well, just quality time. You know, it's just you and I just, you know, talking, looking in each other's eyes and sharing our, our lives. And I'm like, but we did that. We were side by side in the car and we had those conversations. And, and, I, and, I, and I, I would discount it. And then we finally read a book. This book was called The Five Love Languages. If you haven't read it yet, please, I encourage you to go read it. And what we learned was this. For me, I express my affections through acts of service. And for her, she expresses her affections through acts of time. So I would do services for her, wash her car, clean the house. She would always, always, always be with me. And we thought we were showing each other that we loved each other. But the reality was we just weren't understanding how we evaluated our affections. And once we understood, once I understood that me intentionally spending time with her would influence any outcomes I wanted, life got better. And then she would all of a sudden intentionally start doing acts of service for me, making me a lunch, for example, I didn't ask her to for her work. Once we understood how each other's what each other's criteria was to evaluate one another's affections, our relationship, let's just say, had a much higher conversion rate, and we'll leave it at that. So with that, I said, I can't be alone. This has to be the exact same way in sales. And then I was talking to Karen Dunn Squire. Now, if you don't know Karen Dunn Squire, she is with Elation Experts out of the UK. You can check them out online, elation-experts.co.uk. She's the creator and the managing director. She claims, and I know for a fact, she's actually very accurate when she makes this claim because A, she's won awards and B, she's a social media darling because of this. The UK's most effective business growth agency, so whether that's practices or processes, it's all about maximizing revenue. And we had this conversation, Karen and I did, because we were talking not too long ago in London when I was there for an event, and we're talking about how people evaluate you when you call them and, and whether or not you engage with them right and how that can have a dramatic impact on how you can maximize or totally obliterate your conversion rate on every inquiry you get. So I said, Karen, you got to come on the show. And here she is. Karen, welcome to the show. Hi, Daryl. How are you? I'm doing well. I understand you're in, uh, is it, I don't want to say sunny, but you're in Bristol right now, which is, for those who don't know the UK, that's in the southwest of the UK. How's the weather today there? Because it's cold as the Dickens here in Canada. <laughs> well, at least that makes me feel a bit better. I think for anyone who knows the UK, you're probably going to realize that in October, it's not so warm here either. But it's Not so sunny. warm, shades of gray. That's good. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. So talk to me about this whole evaluation criteria because I could see you smiling as I was sharing my story. Yeah. Now, I know it's not necessarily a sales story, but in many regards, it is because we're all people. And is it true? Yeah. I mean, how did you come across this discussion around how people actually evaluate and how that affects 
the sales professional's ability to influence the customer's buying decision? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, your first point is so relevant, Daryl, because I am a firm believer that sales is about great communication and any skill that you master as a salesperson would absolutely help you be a better communicator in your private life. So I am not surprised that it's had a positive impact on personal relationships too. So let me tell you about this key conversation that we have about evaluation criteria. I learned very early on in sales from one of my mentors, who is a really fantastic gentleman, that the minute that you get an inquiry from a prospect, they immediately begin a proactive process of evaluation. And they will continue that proactive process of evaluation with you or without you and come to their own conclusions. And it's only if you have a positive impact on their evaluation and you help them to make the right buying decision that you can maximize the amount of revenue that you generate. I've more recently thought if we could empower salespeople to have really quality impact over that evaluation, then we're going to help salespeople to make more money and be more successful and have more to celebrate, which I'm hoping we both agree is really what salespeople are all about. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. So we've done an awful lot of work in the last 10 years since I started Elation on specifically looking to understand how human beings evaluate and what different buying journeys there are that will allow people to make their primary buying decisions. And essentially, we have come up with the outcome that there are four key buying criteria. Everyone evaluates in one of these four ways. Everyone has a different sense of priority as to which one of these is their highest requirement. And if we can drill down into the evaluation criteria, identify where our clients sit and respond to that, then we have a much higher likelihood of being able to convert sales. Is the premise here basically, I've got the inquiry and now I finally got them on the phone, for example, and I'm gonna have a conversation. If I can quickly determine which of these four methods they use, Kind of like I'm, I'm using the analogy, this may be a bad analogy, of their personality makeup, are the introverts or the extroverts, yep. you know, et cetera. If I can figure that out quickly, then the likelihood of my being able to influence their evaluation favorably towards me yes. rises dramatically. Definitely. It's absolutely true. And so let me give you an example. Have you ever, and I know, you know, Daryl, you're great at convincing people, have you ever been in a situation where you've had a fantastic sales engagement with someone, they have loved everything you've had to say, you've had a real rapport with them, you've been absolutely convinced that this person is going to become a client, and for whatever reason, the deal didn't make it across the line. That happened? Yes. Sure. I have no problem admitting that (laughs) over and over because I know I'm not alone. So therefore, I can admit it and be safe. It's happened to all of us. And for most of us, we do one of two things. We get a little bit angry with the client. Oh, that idiot, they were a time waster. They were never going to buy anyway. Have you ever done that? Talked a good game, but didn't actually follow through. Yeah. So we blame the client. We say the client was a time waster. We're not happy with their response. Um, Or the second thing that we do is we blame ourselves. We say, I'm useless. I can't convert anyone. I'm awful. I'm never going to hit my targets. Yeah? Yep. Do either of those things make us better salespeople? Not really. Uh, No. (laughs) Not Not really. really. No. So what the evaluation criteria teaches us is actually the reason that that happens to you is because there is an evaluation priority that that person had that you didn't meet. And what we know is that as human beings, we tend to sell in the way that we like to buy. So we would naturally 
be selling in one of the four criteria. So we would be very likely to convert people who have the same buying criteria as we have. People who are in the other three criteria, we would convert at a less high rate. If we can begin to master these four criteria and allow ourselves to flex based on the person that we're with, we then start to not get angry with the client, not get angry with ourselves and actually maximize the amount of revenue that we make. So it's a win-win for everybody, not just mindset. So, so I love that because it's very much like I was just describing with my wife's relationship and I, right? Where I, I showed my affection the way I wanted to receive affection. I did acts of service because I wanted to receive acts of service. Exactly. And I couldn't understand why she, as much as she loved me and, you know, she was my life partner, didn't necessarily react favorably when I did those things. And to your point, I just didn't understand how she evaluated. Yeah. And that's huge. Okay. Hold that thought. I'm going to slip away for a quick commercial. And when we come back, we're going to actually cover off the four ways buyers evaluate you and what you need to know so you will be successful. We'll be right back. CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time, make less than two attempts to contact them, and are only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is a sales engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing qualified leads into sales qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more. Blow your quota out of the water. How? By ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds, persistently, and with the cadence that is optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com. All right, I'm back and I'm anxious. Walk us through it. The four evaluation criteria in no particular order. Please bear in mind, there's no priority. There's no better, no worse. Number one is a business evaluator. So somebody who evaluates a buying decision based on business criteria are thinking about things such as the quality of the brand, the legacy of the brand the values that that brand has and whether they want to align to those brands, looking at things like whether there's a good website in place, whether that business appears to be a really credible organization. And these are your friends who will only ever wear a Levi jean, even though there's done tons of other brands available because they like to align themselves to a brand that they feel secure and safe with. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense for me as a marketer. That's why I put such a heavy emphasis on our brand, our website, our appearance, even our production quality. I come across as credible. I don't want to generate perceptions of risk if my brand doesn't come across as credible. Definitely. And business evaluators will rule out a purchase with a business if the brand is not reputable and credible enough, because that will totally value the purchase in their minds. So that's number one. Let's skip through to number two, an individual evaluator. We will have all heard the old adage, people buy from people. Actually, for some, that isn't true. Um, for an individual evaluator, our primary buying decision is our relationship with the person we're dealing with. 
So we're thinking about, do I have strong rapport with this individual? Is this individual available and accessible? Do I trust this individual and believe in their credibility? We absolutely define our buying choices based on the connection we have with the person that we buy from. Individual evaluators will be less concerned about brand and more about individual personality. And individual evaluators also find online purchases where there's a lack of connection with people much more challenging. How does that sit? I'm a big person. If I don't trust you, especially the bigger the price tag, the more I'm dependent upon you to make sure you're representing, you've got my back. And if I have any hiccups, I need to know that you're going to be there to play cleanup and help make sure we get this rectified because I don't want my colleagues, my bosses to think that I dropped the ball. So having huge faith in you is important. But let me ask this because you said, you know, they want a personal relationship. Maybe the written side isn't as important, but where does this fall between business? We talk about brand and individual. If I use the example of my own LinkedIn profiles, my profile. So I make sure that my profile looks credible, that I'm engaged, that I'm a subject matter expert because I'm posting, I'm commenting. So that's a little bit of branding, but it's also a lot about me and who I am as an individual. 100%. And the thing is that we can share our personality in ways that don't just involve our voice. So someone who is an individual evaluator would absolutely be connected to your LinkedIn profile. And one of the things that I will do with my customers is I will offer them the opportunity to look over my profile and review me online. I know that if they take that opportunity and they spend time looking at my credentials, my recommendations on LinkedIn, that they are highly likely to be an individual evaluator. Someone who doesn't invest time in getting to know me and researching me as a person is unlikely to be in that criteria of evaluation. So you can start to suss out where people are by the way that they engage with you. So there's two reactions I had to that, right? So one, I was just at the Revit Up Sales Leader Summit in Boston that Laurie Richardson uh, hosts every year, and I was speaking on personal branding. And I asked the audience, to your point, I said, when was the last time you Googled yourself? Because what you see is what your prospects, your inquiries see. Yeah. So it better look good. <laughs> if it doesn't, that's a bad thing. You got to fix that. Yeah. And I love that you said it's more than just voice. That's huge. So is that maybe perhaps where the whole personality matrix, uh, you know, I'm an ENTJ, whatever my yeah. four letter acronym might come in more. So I want to connect one-on-one as an individual. Is that, is that there you're talking about? Absolutely right. So individual evaluators tend to be those people who are higher on that people related scale. They're focused on relationships. They're focused on individuals, um, less task focused. Um, and so for them, rapport and engagement is absolutely fundamental and they would struggle to be confident in a buying decision if they hadn't achieved that. But it's not the case for everybody. And if we are an individual evaluator, we often think it is, but it absolutely isn't. For the first evaluation criteria was for some people, it's your business, your brand, your quality, your legacy, your ethics, your values. Second one was the individual personal relationships, individual communications, et cetera. All right, that's one and two. Yeah, so number three three. is the service and solutions evaluator. So this is a really pragmatic purchase. This is someone who is very focused on their deliverables. They're very focused on the service level agreements that will be in place. They will have a very clear idea of the needs that they want to have met, and they will have great attention to detail in ensuring that those needs are met. They don't buy on instinct. They buy based on rational, proven statistical analysis. 
They're great for many salespeople because they tend to be less price focused. They're focused on quality. They understand that to get good value, they might need to pay a premium rate, but their focus is on the outcomes and the solutions that they get. And they would be less prone to research the individual and the business as long as their specific needs were being addressed in the service slash product that they're buying. I can totally relate to this one as well. Ironically, I can relate to all of them and I'm sure I'm biased one way versus another. I love that you said that they're focused on the outcomes. Make me feel good that you have the skills, the talent, the people, the processes, the practices to deliver what it is I'm trying to achieve. Because in the end, the reason we're talking is because I have a pain. So I don't care who the company is. I don't care who the individual is. I just want my pain fixed. Yeah. Can you physically deliver this service? Do you have the solution? Yeah. And I get that entirely. If first was the business, you know, so I'll, I'll use my employer, Vanilla Soft. Is it a good brand or not? Second is the individual, Daryl Prail. Do you trust Daryl? or not. Third is services and solutions. I need a sales engagement solution. I don't care which vendor provides it or who the sales rep is. As long as you can get my reps more engaged, making more emails, more phone calls, more texts, more social touches to increase my pipeline, that's what I need. That is spot on. For some people, I totally get that. That makes perfect sense. Great. And the thing you should be really mindful of is I'm not suggesting for a moment that we only consider one criteria when we buy. We are obviously influenced by all four of them, but we will always have a priority. Um, That is our, what I call deal breaker. The one thing that has to be right or I'm gonna walk away from the sale. So the fourth one is what we call an external evaluator. Now these guys, they want to know more than just about you and your business. They need external evidences. They need third-party validation. So these guys are going to know a lot about your competitors. They will have analyzed the market. They will know what other alternatives are out there. They will be very heavily swayed by testimonials and case studies, and they will expect to see that evidence and that proof that you have delivered elsewhere. They don't base their decision on instinct or what is presented to them by the business. They're wanting to look outside for external evidences that back up their rationale for buying. And so these guys, if they don't see case studies and testimonials, you can have the best business in the world. You can be the most engaging individual in the world. You're not going to seal the deal with them because they need some external third party evidence that you really are what you say you are because they're the more cautious deciding individual. So it's ironic you say that because just last week, Again, using Vanilla Soft as an example here, we issued a press release announcing that we were leaders in G2's assessment on based on public socially sourced reviews right. on sales engagement. Right. We were a leader. We just issued a buyer's guide that was authored by an independent third-party analyst. You can see that it's not biased. It's not the vendor saying it. Here's somebody else saying it. We put a lot of money into making sure that we have that third-party credibility yeah. because we recognize a lot of people need that validation. The whole process may start from here, meaning they had a word of mouth from someone, a referral, someone they trust. Hey, yeah. you guys checked out Vanilla Soft? I haven't. I'm going to go look now. The other way, of course, is now I'm at the buying point of the, of the decision. To your point, when we began this whole conversation, well, it may not have converted in the end because they checked out your social proof. They did your reviews. They talked to other users and they didn't see anything. And that was a warning flag. So as much as I liked you and your product looked cool, I perceived risk and I didn't yeah. buy. And we got business, individuals, service and solutions, and the external, yes. whether that be reviews, case studies, et cetera. I'm the sales rep. I'm on the phone. 
is there a way, is there a method, a technique, a tactic I can use to suss out where my prospect is more inclined on these four? Yeah, there definitely are. And in fact, it's probably a little bit of an exercise that you can do individually. Any sales salesperson, sales professional can carry this out. Part of the skill of using this criteria is to become very skillful at asking the right kind of questions in order that you can establish where somebody is. So I can give you a few that will help feed into this. When you're speaking to a prospect or customer in the early stage of the process, questions like, have you taken any time to look at us online? If they say no, they're not a business evaluator. A business evaluator will understand your business. They will understand your brand. They will have Googled you before they come across you. There's other questions that you can ask around. Would you be interested in an introduction to somebody else who is using our services? If the answer to that is no, then they are not someone who is going to do a lot of external research and is going to be validated in that way. Service and solutions are very, very outcomes focused. So questions like, Talk to me about what specifically you need from us as a company. If it's a, oh, I don't really know, mate, um, haven't worked that out yet, they're not a service and solutions evaluator. Service and solutions will have a very clear list of what they need and want from you. So there's a lot of triggers that you can pull out by questions that you ask that will help you to understand whether that person is evaluating you in a certain way. One thing to be really aware of is with individual evaluators, they will certainly have a personal approach to that phone call. So they'll be interested in you as a person and they will likely share tips and tricks about themselves. So you'll hear about their pet dogs and the football team that they support. If someone's not buying criteria, they're just not going to talk to you in that way. A few little tips there. I guess I would say to those listening, you should have all these tools in your tool bag to represent when you're selling, you should be able, whether it's a PowerPoint or a qualifying process or collateral or content, you should have the ability to advocate and pitch the merits of your business, of your own credibility. So that's on you, LinkedIn, Google, et cetera. Make sure you're, you've got your, your, your affairs in order. Your service and your solutions, review of it. Make sure outcomes, ROI calculators, those kind of things, and external reviews. If you don't have that, you need to talk to those in your company who drive that to equip you. But to Karen's point, the more soon you ask those leading questions, the more you understand where they bias, where they weight more heavily their decision-making process. So you just don't have a great conversation and nothing comes of it. You actually convert it. You actually either becomes a real forecasted deal now or negotiations. You're discounted quickly either way. But um, if you know that they're big on external reviews and you have your brand new company with no social proof, you're almost better off just to leave it alone and move on to the next deal and not waste your time. We're almost out of time. Episode number 50 has come and it's about to go. If you like what you have heard from Karen, I told you she was good. Check her out at uh, elation-experts.co.uk. Karen is prolific on LinkedIn. She is a uh, speaker in demand. I know she just got back from Croatia. She was there with a lot of the Europe's most high profile speakers, including our good friend, Dan Disney. So, you know, she's hanging out with a good company. She is a dynamo when it comes to all stuff that's related to the practices and processes around maximizing your revenue. Follow her, reach out to her, email her, contact her. But in the meantime, leverage her knowledge about the four ways people evaluate so you can influence the customer buying decision and convert 
more of those inquiries to deals. Hopefully with that lesson, folks, you are 1% smarter today than you were when you began about 30 minutes ago. Karen, thank you for your time today. I had a blast. So did I, Daryl. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. All right, folks, we'll talk to you soon. Next week, same time, same place. I'll be there. Don't forget, give us a review. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside, Inside Sales. Hosted by Daryl Prale, the CMO of VanillaSoft. Tune in every other week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. Sponsored by... Vanilla Soft. <laughs> <laughs>